0: Good morning. My name is Lisa. Our scripture passage comes from the book of Acts chapter 19 verses 13 through 20. There were some Jews who traveled around throwing out evil spirits. They tried to use the power of the name of the Lord Jesus against some people with evil spirits. They said, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you, The seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. The evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I'm familiar with Paul, but who are you? The person who had an evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all with such force that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus. Everyone was seized with fear, and they held the name of the Lord Jesus in the highest regard. Many of those who had come to believe came, confessing their past practices. This included a number of people who practiced sorcery. They collected their sorcery texts and burned them publicly. The value of those materials were calculated at more than someone might make if they worked for 165 years. In this way, the Lord's word grew abundantly and strengthened powerfully.
1: Thank you for reading our passage again. That was Acts 19 verses 13 through 20 from the Common English Bible Version. And we continue in our series in Acts, the Spirit-infused multi-ethnic church. This is a loving scripture series uh, by Renew. Here in Acts 19, we continue with this motif of power, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the power that Paul uses to heal people. And here the power also of the people in the town of Ephesus, the power of the sorcerers and the magicians and these itinerant Jewish travelers who are trying to use power to heal people. And the question I think that the scripture begs is, what is the power of the gospel? What is the difference between the power in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and these other powers in the world? You know, when I was in junior high, it was around the time of uh, Michael Jordan was at his peak. And. Uh, people were getting Air Jordans, left and right, and I wanted a pair of Jordans so badly because, uh, you know, if I wore good basketball shoes, then, right, I could play basketball better, right? And some of you are like, you don't wear Jordans to play basketball. You just collect them to, to make it look good. But back then, I wanted uh, my Jordans, my high tops, my Nikes so I could play. Maybe they would make me jump higher and play basketball better. And little do I know that it's not the shoes that make you jump higher. It's not shoes that make you run faster. It's not shoes that make you a better player. You can be the worst player in the world and shoes aren't gonna make a difference, right? Besides feeling confident and knowing that you look good, which could add to playing a little better. But we know that It's you, the person who's wearing the shoes, right, that jumps. It's you, the person that shoots. And no amount of expensive shoes or Air Jordans or whatever, Kyrie Irvings, Irvings, whatever you're wearing is gonna make you a better player. And I use this analogy to say that oftentimes we Look at, we we hear people say the gospel, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, the, the gospel. What is the gospel? And we think that the gospel is just some attachment, right, to the power of God, right? Here's the power of God, and alongside it comes the gospel. But actually, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God for salvation. Let me say that again. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God for salvation. And let me fill that out a little more. When God in creation said, let there be light and there was light, his very word meant action, right? My very word, when I say Isaiah or Tammy, right, come to father or sit straight in church or do this or that. It, it's not necessarily the case, right? They could say no, and they usually do say no. I'm only joking. I have authority in their life. But God, when he says, it becomes, it is. And so in that way, the word of God, what he says is actuality, is is power, right? And in that sense, when we preach the gospel, when we proclaim the gospel, when Paul is going from town to town, Corinth, Athens, Ephesus, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just words that he's preaching. He's not just teaching words, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God at work, is the power of God moving. The word, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And we see throughout scripture, remember Elijah, right? The power of God through the prophet Elijah was challenged by the prophets of Baal, right? And they even had a competition, right? Let's see you prophets of Baal light this, this wood stack, this altar on fire, right? And all the prophets of Baal tried all of, you know, tried everything they could to make this light on fire, and they couldn't do it. And then Elijah said, Hey, pour some more waters on this, pyre, on this altar. Pour water on it. Drench it. And then after praying to God, God sends fire from heaven and lights a completely drenched altar on fire. That is the power of God to salvation because what Elijah was demonstrating and proclaiming was, My God, our God, the one true God is more powerful than whatever, Baal or whoever you believe. You make altars and idols to your gods, but those altars and idols are made by human hands and nothing made by human hands could compare to the one true God Almighty. Amen? And he has demonstrated right here that... My God brings fire from heaven. My God is truly powerful. And we see that this is what is happening in Acts because Ephesus was a town full of sorcerers, full of magicians, full of the occult, right? And basically magic or sorcery or the occult, my definition for it is that people are manipulating people, other people's experience, right? To show that some sort of power is happening, some sort of magic trick is happening, right? Even magicians today, they use sleight of hand or they use mirrors and illusions to make it look like some change or transformation has happened that hasn't actually happened. Like I disappear, but it's a sleight of hand. It's a manipulation it's not actual real magic happening it's a mere illusion and this is what sorcery is and magic is and in ephesus just as corinth was um like the home city for aphrodite the goddess of love ephesus was the center worship space place uh, for Artemis or Diana, right? Artemis or Diana in the, uh, the Latin. And there was an enormous temple to Artemis and Ephesus. So there was a lot of worship happening um, surrounding Artemis. Ephesus was known as, you know, the center, the home, the city um, for Artemis. And last week we ended, uh, let me just read it again. Verses 11 and verses 12 of uh, chapter 19, God was doing unusual miracles through Paul. Even the small towels and aprons that had touched his skin were taken back to the sick, and their diseases were cured, and the evil spirits left them, right? Uh, This kind of echoes where people would try to touch even the hem of the robe of Jesus to be healed and um, the time when the woman who had been sick for years and years as Jesus was passing just wondered in her head like, if I just touch the hem of his cloak, I'll be healed. And so she touches as he's walking by, touches the hem of his cloak and Jesus, it says, recognizing that power had come, flown out of him, stopped and confronted her, right? And so we get this, what is this power? like right and you hear of you know different relics in the catholic church and stories of these relics whether it's like jesus's tooth or the saint peter's ear earring or whatever and you they have healing properties like if you touch these things uh people are healed or demons are cast out and it's almost to the point that these objects we tend to, as people, begin to lean on the objects themselves as the source of power. Does that make sense? Instead of God as being the source of power, working through the objects, because God can do whatever he wants, however he wants, in whatever medium, right, and through whatever object. He can speak through donkeys, right, he can prophesy through those who for a lifetime have been deaf or mute. God can do anything when he touches, but we tend to take the thing. Oh, it's the towels, right? And I think the translation the, the towels and aprons that Paul had touched actually are like his handkerchiefs or like, the, like he would wipe the sweat off of his face when he was working. Um, With these towels. And so people were like clamoring for these towels. If I just touch this towel. And they actually worked. Like they were healed when they touched. The sweaty handkerchief of Paul. Like what the heck. And I can imagine the tendency. Especially in a place like Ephesus. Where magic and sorcery. And kind of all of this. You know the supernatural. Were so people were so keen upon it. Were so aware of it. Right? And went to the temples and went to the oracles to find meaning, to find answers to their life's questions, to life's struggles and issues. That they would cling to these objects, like, oh, Paul's handkerchief. And they would fight for it. And, like, people, I can imagine, like ripping the, the handkerchief apart and be like, my handkerchief, my handkerchief. Heal me, heal me, heal me. And isn't that what we do? We tend to turn to the objects themselves. We return to, oh, I experience... It's almost like superstition. I experience healing or a good, a, a good result after doing that. So I'm going to keep doing that. Right? I am going to, you know... Snap my fingers while whistling because I had good luck when that happened. Or even in the Christian context. Right? If the gospel is preached in this way, or this famous preacher preaches the gospel, man, I'm blessed. I can be blessed in that way. Or if I worship in this way, in this place, with these types of songs, in this type of church setting then something will happen i will be blessed right i'll be healed And, and that's the temptation i addressed this last week a little bit when talking about the holy spirit like when does baptism with the holy spirit come before you're baptized in jesus christ or after you're baptized in jesus christ and the whole point of acts is there's no order Because we tend to want to follow a blueprint. We want to like do the superstitious. We're superstitious people. We want to be able to manipulate and control our environment in such a way to make the magic happen. Right? But what we see in Acts is the Holy Spirit and the power of God moves and is moving forth as it wills. God wills, as the Holy Spirit moves, as the Holy Spirit wills, right? And no one can contain it. And church, we have to understand that the power of God to salvation and the power found through the Holy Spirit is not by way of manipulation and control as a magician would do or a sor- sorcerer would do. Or these seven sons of Sceva. If they just say it in the way that Paul says it. Or if they just say the name of Jesus that the Apostle Paul proclaims. If we somehow mimic how he's doing it in the name of the person he's doing it in. It will happen. It will work. Right? But the power of God is not about manipulation or control. The power of God is about transformation and real power for salvation. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God for salvation. So when we say good good news is happening, that means individuals lives are changing. People are being healed, but not just individuals, whole communities are being transformed, right? People are coming to life. Evil systems and foundations are crumbling and the lost are found and the voiceless have voice Right and the poor are lifted up and the captives are set free This is the power of God for salvation. This is gospel. This is good news and this is real power So when God was do what? When God is doing unusual miracles through Paul and even the, his, handker, his sweaty handkerchiefs was healing people, we shouldn't focus on the handkerchief, the very objects themselves. But we should remember that verse 11 and chapter 19 starts with God was doing unusual miracles through Paul. The emphasis is God is doing it. It's not the object. And this is Paul's confrontation with the magicians and the sorcerers and the priests' sons to trying to do these things, right? And we'll see later in Acts with the metal workers who build the actual idols to Artemis, it's not about the objects. It's the power of God. And right? Even as me, as a spirit, Preacher, as a pastor, as I'm giving you the word, teaching the word, I'm humbled, right? There's a fine line between me just speaking, right? If I say it in this voice, if I use this inflection, if I use this illustration, if I say a little joke and do it funny, then I can reach you. Then it'll make a difference. But no, right? It is about me in the sense that God is using me and I'm preparing and I'm giving it my all but really God's word the power of God's word goes forth through the Holy Spirit and will do what it does because God is doing it and making it happen God is using me so church I know you're tempted but you should never idolize Pastor Davis, right I'm nothing, right? I'm nothing, even though I am Batman. But the power of God, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. And there's only one God with, the true, with true power to bring salvation to all people. So there are some itinerant Jews who are traveling around throwing out evil spirits and they tried to use the power of the name of the Lord Jesus against some people with evil spirits. First of all, let's back up against some people with evil spirits. You know, when Jesus healed people and freed them from evil spirits, he wasn't healing, using power against them, right? Amen. He was delivering. Christ delivers people from the spirits. There's love. There's love in the name of Jesus. There's love. And so these itinerant Jews, these travelers, tried to say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, if I command you, the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. If we just say it right, if we just say Jesus. <laughs> I used to think growing up, you know, I would pray and God, you know, I didn't, God didn't answer for some reason or I felt like he didn't answer my prayer. And so I'd be like, what did I do wrong? Oh, I didn't pray in the name of Jesus Christ. So I made sure at the end of my prayers for a while that I was said And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, as if you have to say it in that way, in that order, and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you actually verbally, literally have to say it for it to work. That's reverse. That's not how it works, right? It's... It's God's power, right? It's not the handkerchief itself that we have to touch and that we have to say the right spell. Like Harry Potter, Leviosa, right? You have to say it right. No, God works how he wants, through whatever he wants, through whom he wants, in the way he wants. And we receive this as a gift, amen? And so the evil spirit replied to these guys trying to cast him out. I know Jesus and I'm familiar with Paul, but who are you? And the person who had an evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them. All with such force that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus and everyone was seized with fear and they held the name of the Lord Jesus in the highest regard. And the book of in the following verses continue. We learn that many people came to believe confessing their past, right? So this included verse 19 a number of people who practiced sorcery, right? This was a stronghold in Ephesus. People practiced magic and the occult and sorcery, right? They called upon the name of Artemis and had their rituals and all of these things in order, in seeking power, right? The power that would save. But what they were really looking for was God. So when they witnessed this, Right? They all began to come to Paul and his ministry associates. Right? And it says, like, this is an act of public repentance, right? They collected all their sorcery books, their magic books, right? Their Harry Potter books of spells. And they burned them. I'm not saying Harry Potter is evil. Okay, I love Harry Potter. That's not what I'm trying to get out here. Um But they took all the magic books, their sorcery texts, and they burned them publicly. To the extent that the value of those materials was calculated at more than someone might make if they worked for 165 years. In this way, the Lord's word grew abundantly and strengthened powerfully. And what I I glean from this, what I gather from this, is that something happens through the ministry of Paul. He's now been preaching and teaching here for three years since he first came into Ephesus. And something, a stronghold, is breaking in Ephesus to the point that people are repenting and getting rid of their past lives, the things that they clung to that were not of God that were false powers, false prophets and clinging to the Recognizing the true power found in the gospel of Jesus Christ and so right, it's like the priests of Baal realizing man Elijah's God is the one true God, right? Elijah's God actually May, you know, it's all about that action, boss, right? Paul's God, this God of Jesus Christ that Paul has been preaching is the real deal, is the real power. And it's goodness and good news and transformation, right? And we see that in mentioning, in Luke mentioning the cost of what people burned, their books and their texts and all of their old stuff, of sorcery and magic. It puts an economic value that behind every stronghold or systemic hold or a power of oppression over a city, over a community, over a place, there's money, right? Follow the money trail, right? They gave up so much that when you calculated all these materials were what someone could make in 165 years. And in this way, the Lord's word grew abundantly and strengthened powerfully. Right? A stronghold was broken and the power of God was recognized as the one true power. And that's how the Lord's word grew abundantly and strengthened powerfully. And church, we need to realize this in our own lives. That there are strongholds there are things that we cling to, right? That we hold on to certain things, and we try to control and manipulate things in order to bring power and change in our life. But what we're lacking is the true transformation that comes only in the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, through relinquishing our will, relinquishing our lives, in submission to God. And Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. And unless we allow God to break those things in us. That we're holding on to. The false powers. The things that have a control over us. The darkest, the darknesses. The addictions. The things that we go to. right, The shrines that we go to. Day after day. Instead of turning to Jesus Christ. Unless we let go of those. God We don't leave room for God to do a work in us. Let go. And let God transform you. Repentance. What are the things in our lives we need to bring to the bonfire in the middle of the town square to be like, this is my old life. I let this go. I want to throw it on the the bonfire to burn, just as these people did. What do you need to throw into that fire and let go of? Many of those who had come to believe came confessing their past practices, confessing their past practices, Some of us wonder like, why can't I grow? Why has my faith not grown? Why, I feel like I've been stagnant in my faith and I haven't been moving with God. Like, I, I just feel disconnected. Well, have you considered that there are things that we're holding to? It's not a passive thing, right? What are past practices that we, that we need to confess and come to terms with and realize man, I have not trusted in God, but I have trusted these things. That's on an individual level, on a corporate, communal level. God is calling us as a church body to participate in his transformation in our neighborhoods, in our communities, amen, in our world globally. God is calling us to go into the darkest places with the most opposition, right? And to go and be a light, to go and proclaim salvation in the power of God. And God can break down the systems. God can break down the things that are oppressing people, that are holding people captive. And God can heal. And when we read about people being freed of evil spirits in in scripture, in the gospels, here in Acts, we can connect with that because we're bound Right? There are people who are bound and enslaved by lots of things and that are longing to be freed, whether that be injustice, whether that be oppression, whatever the systemic evil there is, right? those are the evil spirits of our world in our times. And we proclaim Jesus Christ as more powerful as alpha over all the other spirits and powers in our world and we believe that when we say we are christians we're of the way we are the church we believe that the power of the gospel of jesus christ that saves is more powerful than any political power any power of the rich any other force out there and we have a secret weapon weapon, to proclaim a life in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Let us be salt and light wherever we go and the places that we live. Bloom where you're planted. Be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God for salvation.